Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. This week we're talking about Acts chapter 2 verse 47 and we're going to be talking about community favor. So if you'll just follow with me in your Bibles, grab your Bibles, let's just read this one verse together. In the New King James Version, it says it like this, praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Prior, the prior verse before this was that they were all in one accord and they went house to house and they shared bread and they all grew and they were praising God. Then this verse says, having favor with all people and then the Lord added to the church. We are so used to hearing about the persecution of the church. We read it. We understand that they did have to go through some things. And there were some martyrs. And there were people that paid a price for what they believed. Being a follower of Jesus Christ during that time was a total contradiction to the Jewish society and for the Roman society. The law and then you had paganism. And being a follower of Jesus just made you stand out but in the very beginning they had a different story and we're going to be talking about that today and how they utilize this season of favor and how we can apply favor in our life when god blesses us how many of you know that you're living under the blessings and the favor of almighty god because of his goodness and mercy in your life it is very possible to walk and follow him and be blessed and see his hand every day every week moving if you desire that say lord jesus let it happen to me in jesus name everyone say god bless this lesson in jesus name amen you can be seated turn to somebody smile and say wake up it's church time you came here for a reason you came here for a reason we all come to encounter and to worship and to follow after jesus and are looking for him um, I believe with all of my heart that, that there is spiritual hunger in the world like we have never seen before. There are people that are curious about spirituality. There are people that are literally looking, searching, finding. And being really, um, sub, the subconscious really just drives someone to, to just figure this thing out, this life, why we're here. Um, no matter what they believe, most people believe in a God or a higher power. As Christians, you and I, God has graced us with mercy and, and just wisdom and understanding and experience that has caused us to follow after Jesus. The name of Jesus is very strong. The name of Jesus is very potent and, and power and, and is omnipresent. I, I would say omnipresent. That's in fourth attribute but he's omnipresent and he's omniscient he's everywhere and he has all power but it is a precious gift the gift of life when the early church began to grow they had favor they went through persecution later as they began to grow when you study history and look at the book of acts you'll find it that during that season of favor it was because of the miracles, the signs, the wonders, and, and the healings that took place in that region. When the church began to multiply, the very first day, the very first sermon that Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, in that moment, he preached to thousands and 3,000 souls were added in one day. Wow. Think about this for one moment. 3,000 souls were added to one evangelistic effort of preaching. We can't even round up people to just watch 30 minutes of a sermon online right now. At least at this point. The only reason people have their attention to certain events, to certain platforms. It's only because 
of the proof and the work of God when it comes to God, but it's also what they get from that. There's a lot of things that can grab our attention and where we feel good about what excites us. But the early church had something more than good marketing. The early church had the Spirit of God and they worked in their lives. They did not live in a day and an age of social marketing. They did not live in a day and age of marketing with technology, billboards, text messages. We know all about the marketing part of business and understand that. But Jesus and the disciples, they grew a church without the technology that you and I have available. It grew by word of mouth and by signs and wonders. That community came together and God blessed it. And that's the point. The community there in that time was blessed because they came together and they had favor. It wasn't until they grew that they began to go through persecution. When, when God's people begins to grow, it's the other powers to be the powers at hand that are really intimidated by the growth of God's people because like Israel in Egypt they were afraid when God used Joseph to bless them and to help them and establish them in Goshen they really grew and multiplied and then a Pharaoh came the scripture says that did not know Joseph and they became intimidated and they said one to another we better get a handle on this before they outgrow us and overtake us this is what happened in the New Testament church. They began to grow, multiply, and the governing powers said we need to do something about this and put it, get control of it. That's when persecution came in. If you ever noticed any time you begin to grow in favor and the blessings of God in your life outside of your own family and you begin to be a blessing to other people, it seems like the devil tries to attack you then. If you really want to know why, it's because I'm going to just say something, and I want you to pray about it. I want, I want to mess with your theology just for one moment, if that's okay. I want you to think about this. I don't believe the devil is threatened when God blesses you. But I do believe he becomes threatened when you become a blessing to other people. Whether that be a knowledge and materialistic offering, giving, helping, whatever it may be. And when your life begins to transform the lives around you, now you are a threat. So if you ever wonder why there seems to be this, the proverbial glass ceiling over your life and it only keeps you at a certain level, it could be you're facing spiritual opposition in your life and there needs to be another route or another tactic or another arsenal in God's wisdom that you need. That, that, that arrow in your quiver... I'm going to tell you today is community. When God's people come together, when God's people pray together, when your family is able to unite together, when husbands and wives can agree together, that will begin to trickle down and cascade down to the other areas of your life. And then it begins to evolve. And then you start influencing those around you in work, your business, your careers, whatever it may be. And that's there and then is when you start to realize that you are part of a community of believers. And when God's people come together, the devil can't stop what God has blessed. Community is very, very strong. And when you look at individuals who were the patriarchs and the matriarchs of God's leading in the scripture, you're going to find out that every individual that knew the favor of God understood their purpose. And until we really understand our purpose and line up with God, the favor of God is limited. Let me give you some examples. I want you to look at this chart really quick. Okay, when you look at this chart, I want to use Adam to begin with. We know the story of Adam that in the beginning, God caused a dew to raise up from the ground to descend somewhat and, and to really just stay at the lower level to water vegetation and the ground and so forth and it was limited only to be maintained but God said I'm going to cause it to rain 
when I put a man in it, it did not rain until God put Adam in the garden. But the assignment for Adam was to establish civilization. God said, be fruitful and multiply. And part of that, in order for that to happen, Adam needed something to, to sustain their life. And God said, I'm going to give you favor, favorable circumstances. I'm going to cause it to rain. And I'm going to cause that to, to expedite the growth, to, to, to speed up the process so you can do what you're called to do. That's the first example I find in the scripture. But the second one is Abraham. Abraham knew his purpose. God told Abraham, I'm going to make you a great nation, and I'm going to use you to, to help me have a people. I want a group of people that live by faith, not those that require things in front of them to see. But, but Abraham, I want, I want to have more than one friend. The scripture says that Abraham was a friend of God. That Abraham knew God and believed God, so it was accounted to him for righteousness. And so when you look at the scripture, in order for God to get a people to use Abraham, he had to give him an Isaac. God began to be favorable to Abraham in his old age, in his 90s. Him and his wife's old age did not restrict the blessings of God from them having a child. Can you imagine your grandma and grandpa being pregnant? If you can imagine, I know it's a hard thing to see, but then you can understand Abraham and Sarah's position. It was favor. God wanted to use Moses to bring Israel out of Egypt with an exodus. But in order to do that, God had to be favorable to Moses by the working of miracles. God favored Moses. It wasn't the rod in his hand. It was the favor of God that moved this. Favor recognizes this. Do you see the pattern so far? There's a pattern of favor that's tied to their assignment. The assignment for Joseph was famine to get them through the seven years. But in order for that to happen, God had to smile on Joseph and make him prosperous giving him favor in everything he did. But the reason God prospered him is because Joseph's assignment was tied to the famine. Seven years of prosperity to get them through, seven years of famine. Daniel, during a time when the, when the children of Israel were taken captive into Babylon, Daniel was one of, the, one of those that were the eunuchs that were there with some other men that he had in his core group that believed in God. And they were surrounded by pagans. And they were forced to try to worship and bow down to false gods. But favor came into their life when Daniel prayed and fasted for 21 days. When Daniel was, 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 was isolated and brought into captivity and thrown into the lion's den. And his crew was thrown into the fire, and none were burned. Miracles, signs, wondered. Why? Because God wanted to show off in that time to prove to a pagan country and a world and a region that there still is a God in Israel and that he is greater than any other God in this time, in their time frame. When you look at everything, and the last is Ruth, Ruth was given favor in the form of obedience, I do believe that it takes God's favor in your life to give you the strength to fulfill his will. And that's what Ruth had. Ruth had an open heart. She was receptive to the things of God. She was nowhere near God in a foreign land. But she was moved with compassion in her loyalty and I believe God was in her life and saw it. And God said, she may not be part of my people, but there is something in her I want to put within my lineage. And God smiled on Ruth and caused her to walk in obedience and submission until she caught the eye of a man named Boaz. And when Boaz married her, she became a blessing and she became part of the process. And they would give birth to a son 
and that son Obed would give birth to another son called Jesse, and Jesse would give birth to another man called David, and David would give birth to another man called Solomon. You know the lineage. You understand it. But it was all favorable circumstances that were given to Ruth because she understood her purpose, and Boaz was the kinsman redeemer. This all makes sense when you look at it and you try to define how it works. So these, these leaders, these examples, they led by example with the favor of God, which leads to our first point. Point number one, never squander God's favor, but steward it well. Never squander the favor of God. When we understand the times and the seasons that we're living in, we can almost, that would help us identify, hone down our options and see what our decisions need to be, how we need to make them concerning God's will for us right now in this time. We are the church. We are the body of Christ. We are the hands. We are the feet. We are the voice of God. And don't manipulate that but we are servants of the most high god that says i love this world i gave my only begotten son for this world i have a purpose and a plan for every single person in this world including those that live here in victoria texas you are working with people you are next to people every day and i have a plan do you know your purpose do you know your purpose Wisdom prepares us for unfavorable seasons. So, so I do want you to know that not everything is forever. The, nothing is forever except God. There are seasons when we are abundantly blessed, and then we go through a season where it seems to be dry. But have you ever thought at times the reason why God is blessing you during the season, that God is just preparing you for the next one? That's the wisdom of God. Things change. Things evolve. But I have also seen God bless in unfavorable seasons and prosper people. And the reason why he's able to do that is because God's people have learned how to keep the main thing, the main thing through any season. The one thing that was constant in Joseph's life, Moses' life, Abraham's life, and Sarah's life, and all of their lives were, no matter how bad things were, God was always good. God was always good. God was always there. God was always involved in what they were doing. God never left Joseph because he was in prison. God showed off Joseph in prison. God gave him promotions in prison. God gave him things that will super exceed our logical mindset and our reasoning to cause us to have faith in an unseen God. So I want to read you this real quickly. Ecclesiastes, it says, verse, uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. The writer of the book of Ecclesiastes says, to everything there is a season, a time and every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to lose and a time to keep for all you hoarders out there. <laughs> Nothing's forever but God. And there's a reason why God blesses us the way he does. God wants things in our lives to be constant concerning our relationship with him and you would never be without because God will never leave you or forsake you but I have to tell you the reality of this is that sometimes people come and go things come and go things break down markets fall <laughs> viruses happen economy shift economic shifts take place 
But if you look at the one constant in all of this, it's God and his kingdom, which he said would never fail, would never end, which he said, don't look at the things around you, but my people who are called by my name, when they recognize things are falling apart or they're ever, ever in a drought, but if my people who are called by my name will come together, pray together, fast together, seek his face, turn from their ways, and he said, I will hear from heaven, and I will defy every season that you're in by sending rain. A rain to me is a sign of prosperity in your life. I really do believe that we are all farmers and that we are responsible for the seeds God gives us. And that that seed comes in the form of finances sometimes. That seed comes in the form of servanthood sometimes. That seed comes in the word of in the form of words, as according to the, the New Testament and the parables of Jesus. But no matter what where you're at and what season we're in, we're nothing more than and sowers and stewards but he gives the increase but when the increase is gone then nothing prospers that's why we need the s-o-n to shine in our life and we need the rain the r-e-i-g-n to reign in our life as well we need his presence we need his spirit and that's the key that is the key but when you pray god help me recognize where i'm at what times we're living in, and what I need to do, then you'll start catching point number two, which is this. Favor has a purpose that comes with it. Favor is, has a purpose. <laughs> that wasn't me. <laughs> FYI, that wasn't me. Favor has a purpose that comes with it. When you recognize that, then you'll realize, hold on a second. You see, you can hold a discussion with your loved one and say, you know what, honey? You know what I, I, you know what I noticed? Every time we get involved or support the church or come together with our community, it seems that God has begun to bless us and brought, blossom us, and there's more peace in our life. Why is that? Because the scripture says that we are all different, but we're part of one body. And the, and, and the book that Paul wrote concerning Ephesians, he's the Ephesian church, he was trying to tell the church. He said, you're no longer strangers and foreigners. He said, but now you are separated from God. But now you are fellow citizens with the saints of God in the household of faith. The foundation being built upon the apostles and the prophets, meaning that their teachings concerning Christ was there to bring longevity to your life that's being built on the foundation. With the chief cornerstone, Jesus Christ himself, and that building on top is you, but it says it grows together. Go read it. The spiritual house that God says I want in this earth isn't made of brick and mortar and wood. It's made up of the hearts of people that I choose to dwell in. We are the house of God. This building is nothing more than temporary. The next one we're fixing to build is going to be temporary. Because if all of, if all of us went away, those buildings in this building would mean nothing. We are the church. We are the church. The ecclesia of God, the called out ones. The called out ones. We are different. We have and should have different desires. But what unites us is our purpose. We have a purpose. Jesus had one purpose when he came to this world to seek and to save them that were lost, to go to the cross, to see his life decrease. Kind of like John the Baptist. He said, I must decrease, he must increase. But there came a time where even Jesus was decreasing so he could live through, this sounds like an oxymoron or a, a contradiction, but that he could live through the death. 
See, the body died, but the spirit kept on living. And so whenever he decreased in his humanity, he increased as king. When he was just a son of God, he became and was known as Jesus, the son of God, but God in the flesh as well. The, just the mystery and the knowledge of who Jesus was. Can I just remind us for one moment, Jesus wasn't a prophet. He was the prophet of prophets. He was the word in the mouth of the prophets. He was the power to build and to tear down in the mouth of the prophets. He was more than just a man. He was God-man. Somebody say Jesus. He was powerful. But Jesus had one thing up on the devil. He knew his purpose. He knew his reason for being here. Therefore, the devil, Satan himself, could not trick Jesus up. He could not take away the favor that was in his life. But the, the, the scripture says emphatically, here's the reason why. Here's why hell could not touch Jesus. Luke 2.40 says this. There, the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled. Everyone say, he was filled. He was filled with what? Wisdom. He was filled with wisdom and God's favor was on him. Wisdom and God's favor go hand in hand, folks. They go hand in hand. When we recognize this and you see favor, the next step should be in our life. Lord, now give us the wisdom to know how and what to do with this. Increase. Whatever it might be in your life. Sometimes increases love. Sometimes increases joy. Sometimes increases peace. These are the fruits of the Spirit. These are things that God gives us spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Growth. But it all represents growth. It is God's will for us to grow, not just come to church and sit there and be a, a, a spectator. But God wants you to be <laughs> a little plug in for the co-op. God wants you to be a participator. Pater. Not a couch tater. I want you to grow. God wants you to grow. God wants us to grow. Here's what made Jesus different than everyone else. I'm going to go down. Mark chapter 1, verse 38. Mark 1 and 38 said, He said to them, Let us go into the next town that I may preach there also for this purpose I have come. Luke 4, 43 says, But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the cities also because for this purpose I have been sent. John 12 and 27, and even when Jesus did not feel like he was in God's will, even when Jesus had to go through tough times like you and I have to go through tough times, listen to what he said. He said, my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I came for this hour. Even though I'm going through it, God, I know I'm in your will. So he did pray it one time and say, Lord, if it be your will, please remove this cup from me. It looks horrible. It feels horrible. And I can feel the, I can feel the opposition in my spirit and know what's fixing to come. But nevertheless, God, I'm not going to give up, Father. I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to keep on doing it. What am I trying to say right now? To those of you that feel like just because you're wrestling and going through some season in your life that doesn't seem to be peaceable, uh, comfortable, or pleasing to you does not mean you're out of the will of God. Because favor is there to sustain you. Favor is there to get you through. David knew what he was writing when he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You were designed to go through problems. Israel was designed to go through and not swim through the Red Sea, but they were there to wait on God so God could cause them to walk through the Red Sea. But what we lack is patience. But if you'll wait on God long enough, and if you'll seek God hard enough, and if you'll be consistent with God within time, you're going to see God come through in your life and get you through any season 
Because favor is unstoppable. Favor is unstoppable. I wish I was talking to people who had favor in there. Am I talking to anybody who you know you shouldn't be here right now, but you are here? You know you shouldn't have your house right now, but it's in your house, it's in your name still, and you know it is paid off for some of you, but you know you should have been on the streets, you should have not had your job, but the kingdom of God sustains you, and the blessings of God gave you favor. I know some of these stories. I pastor some of you, but what I'm trying to tell you is no matter where we're at, even as a country, this church is going to rise up above every economic circumstance over all the cancel culture. You heard me right. Cancel culture. We have our own culture. We have our own community. We have our God, and our God wants to show off. Our God wants to show off in your life. He wants to prove himself through you to every non-believer. You ever wonder why God puts you in certain environments where you're around people that if you talked about God or even if they saw you praying for your lunch? I've been there. You get quiet and you just bow your head and you just whisper a amen. I remember I was working out in the field. I used to be an IME technician for a generation plant before I started pastoring full time. And, and I remember going to, the, to lunch with, with all the co-workers. And when I went to lunch with all the co-workers, I, I worked with some rough guys, you know, and, and boy, they were edgy, and they knew what I believed, but they just taunted me at times and said things. I never responded, never laughed, but I loved them. I prayed for them every day, I, and, and that was what got me through. And I had favor in my life. My boss loved me, not because I was more talented than any one of them, but because I brought a peace that God gave me in my spirit that he allowed me to have at home in my prayer time. So when I go to work, I just didn't go to work by myself. I brought Jesus with me. And Jesus inside of me would permeate through my words, through my actions. When my boss told me to do something, I don't know who I'm talking to, but when my boss told me to do something, I did it and I said, yes, sir. So I was sitting there, and the guys, they're all around me, and I went to lunch for the first time with one of our guys, and we're about to eat. Everybody was starting to eat. He stopped. This is the most unlikely individual that I ever thought of would have said this, because this guy, all the dirty jokes came out of this guy's mouth. All of the puns came out of this guy's mouth. Everything that vexed my spirit came out of this guy's mouth. But one day, we're sitting in a restaurant. He said, hold on, everybody. He said, Bobby, pray. Don't mind if I do. That wasn't religious. I could have used it as an opportunity to say, Lord Jesus, let every one of these heathens, God, be just, just, Father, let the lightning fall down every time they cuss. Every time they say something nasty, God, let them fall out somewhere. I don't, you know. It's like your moment, right? <laughs> your moment to really pray on them, right? But what happened in that moment was I didn't get religious. I didn't try to come up with this theatrical prayer. I uh, didn't sermonize and try to show off the knowledge of God's word. But wisdom said keep it simple, but keep it light and just pray for them. Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you for my coworkers. Bless this food. Bless them today in Jesus' name. Amen. That went further than any sermon they could have heard me preach. And they remembered that. I don't know why I'm talking about this individual, but this individual, after I left, when I left, God released me. But when I left, that man said to me before I left, he said, Bobby, pull me aside. He said, I want you to do me a favor. He said, when I die, I want you to do my funeral. I, I, I didn't know what to say. I didn't preach. You don't have to. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make one statement, and this is a fact. If I had not had you as a community of believers that I had to connect with to keep me strong, 
to be in service, not to just be an island to myself. I couldn't have done it myself. I'm going to be honest with you now. I cannot pastor by myself. I need to be in the same environment with God's people because there is something special here. There is a strength that comes together with community. There is something that just cuts your, it, it, it just permeates in your subconscious that when you know you're out in the world, even though you may be by yourself, you know you're connected to a body of believers that are praying for you, that are believing with you, that are going to worship with you, that are going to help you. And I would have never been able to make it through my career as an as a instrumentation technician and working in the plants like I did. I would have never been able to do it without the church. Thank God for our freedom to worship together and come together. We are in a season right now in our nation where the church still has their rights. And I pray that God would continue to protect our rights. But while we have a favorable season in our life, this is the time to grow together. This is the time to learn to live life together. This is why you hear us talking about the co-op that we're starting here and a number of people coming together. So when crisis comes, so when things happen again, like just recently with this winter storm that came through, whenever these moments come, we're going to make sure that we stand between the... The, the, the circumstances in the world and God's people and say, it's okay. We've now got some cushion. God wills to provide, but you're not going to have to worry about empty shelves in the stores. You're not going to have to worry about not having water. We've got a community of believers that are going to be here consistently and live life together and do this thing. And, and on, on the spiritual side, we are here to pray with each other. We are here to worship with each other. We are here to pray with you, to be here with you, to teach you, to guide you to give you direction from this book right here not any other source but this book and prayer is going to be deposited into your spirit that's going to permeate where to your relationships and from your relationships from your houses God is going to use your house to bless your neighborhood I believe this with all of my heart this is why America is blessed and this is why Victoria should be blessed because there are so many believers in this community that are praying, that are coming together. It doesn't matter where you send your, your child. But like Moses, his mother prayed. And isn't it funny how she had to release him through the bulrush and to the waters and ended up at Pharaoh's, right, his sister's? front steps and then God moved on him because of a praying mama and then they took the child back to the mama and the mama had to had a chance to raise him feed him nurse him what do you think she was doing the entire time she had her baby boy she would probably in my mind and my thought process I guarantee you, she was saying to him, don't forget, you may live in Egypt, but you're not an Egyptian. You're an Israelite. You're part of God's lineage. You're going to do something great in your life. God saved you for a reason. The hand of God is on you. You are part in their Hebrew tongue. I bet you she was singing songs in Hebrew over that baby's life. She was his community. And it caused him to save his community. When he got older, it was in his conscience. He knew the difference between right and wrong, but he found his purpose. He was among a group of people that didn't believe on God, but he knew his people, no matter what trials they had, no matter how tough the environment was, no matter what they went through. Here's what the scripture says. Moses chose to go through persecution with God's people rather than live in sin that was pleasurable for a season. He decided, I'm going to live for God, and I'm going to identify myself with this group of people. And I don't know what I'm called to do, but I feel like I'm supposed to help them. I feel like I'm supposed to lead them. And he had to go through the molding process. And then one day, God says in a burning bush, now it's time. Because Moses, you were tough 
and you had vigor and you were strong, but now you're weak. Now I can use you. Because had you done this before, when you had your vigor and had your strength and had your faith and had your boldness, you would have taken all the credit, but I have to take the credit for this. Because the purpose I have for you is way bigger than what you thought. You thought that you're going to be able to encourage just a few. But God said, my plan for you was to deliver the millions. Based on the purpose, the training, intensity changes. So for some of you who feel like I've been here forever, wherever you're at, for some of you who feel like, man, I've, here we go again, and is this ever going to end? When you have a relationship with Jesus and you've learned how to pray and read your Bible and be consistent and learn how to make the contribution to the kingdom of God through time, talent, and treasure, you've learned to throw those three avenues is where God uses benevolence and giving and serving, time, talent, and treasure. And when you've learned how to serve God and do what's right and be consistent with his grace in your life, you'll see no matter what, the one common factor through the process and to the fulfillment of it is the peace of God and the favor of God will always be with you. And when you see favor and identify with it, opportunities, God protects you. God sees you through. God helps you. This is what happened to Joseph in the pit. He got out, sold him to slavery, Potiphar's house, falsely accused, in the prison. In the prison, the war put him over everything. He was in charge. The scripture says everything he touched turned to gold and prospered. Then the moment came where he, 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 he helped a couple of guys. They forgot about him, but they came back and mentioned him. Doors opened up for him to go to Pharaoh. The common thread through all of the tapestry of that in the life of Joseph was favor. No matter how bad it got. But had Joseph had no hope in connecting to his people and finding his community, Joseph was by himself. He didn't have a community. But God really began to bless and had a big plan. God's big plan was, I'm preparing Joseph so when I bring my people in, they're going to blossom and grow, and I'm going to pick a land called Goshen, and I'm going to prosper them in every way. And I know they're going to do well. And yeah, one day another Pharaoh came and didn't know Joseph. And they, that's when the persecution came. But God said, that's okay. I'm, I'm going to get another community-minded individual by the name of Moses. And Moses is going to bring them out. And then I'm going to raise up a king named David who believes in God's house. He's going to love church so much, he's going to write a song about it. And he's going to say, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of God. And I'm going to give him a son. And his son's going to have so much wisdom with the favor I get him. He's not going to be perfect. He's going to make mistakes. But I'm going to give him so much wisdom. He's going to build me a house. He's going to build me a nice one. And I'm going to go there and dwell among Israel still. But then he said, but I got a better plan. And this is when God put the devil in checkmate. And he said, I'm going to send my son this time. And I'm going to make him be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And I'm not going to build me a building. I'm going to build me a community of believers. And I'm going to dwell inside of them. And I'm going to be their God. And they're going to be my people. And I'm going to live inside of them. And I don't want brick and mortar and wood. I want flesh. I want organisms. I want cells. I want spirit. And I'm going to bring these people together, and they're going to have what no other person had throughout life, and that is togetherness at a different level with me in the center of it. We are the church. We have authority. We have the ability that when we come together, Jesus gave the promise and said, when two or three are gathered in my name, there I am right in the middle. It's important where you go to church. It's important that you go to church. It's important that you recognize you are the church. It's so important to recognize that you aren't limited. You're not limited. Come on. Come on, sweetheart. Where are you at, girl? Conclusion. Here's the conclusion. Favor is always tied to your purpose. I skipped this, but I was going to reference Peter 
you know, sometimes people mean well. Sometimes people, they want to help you. But even when they try to give you good advice, it's not God's will sometimes. And, and you have to recognize that. Because when you're in trouble, when you're in a trial, there's this thought, religious thought process that says you must be out of God's will. But that's not true. Because when Peter came up to Jesus, he had heard Jesus told them that the Son of Man will be taken and crucified and he would be betrayed. Peter pulled him aside. If you read the scripture, I want you to write this down if you can. Matthew 16 and 22 and 23. The scripture says, then Peter took him aside and rebuked him and saying, far it be from you, Peter told the Lord. Lord, this shall not happen to you. But listen to what Jesus, and he was just trying to help, right? Poor Peter. Just trying to help. But he turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. For you are an offense to me. You're not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. In our life, we have to recognize that God has our best interest at heart. And when we go through things, it's not God remove the mountain from me, but God make me a mountain climber. God, there's a big ocean that stands, there's a big river, a sea that stands between me and my destiny and my promise. Now, Lord, the currents are strong. It's impossible to swim. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to wait on you. And if your promises are real and it was your will for me to cross, then I believe that it's going to happen where you're going to just cause the dry land to appear. You heard me right. I do believe God makes a way where there seems to be no way still. You may not be facing, and I'm speaking of the proverbial Red Sea, but you may not be facing something physical. It's something spiritual. But if you'll use the concept and the principles that God's people used, and they stayed together. So Moses stood at that Red Sea, and Moses was waiting with everybody else. They were waiting together. And then God formed that highway. But they did it together. And they walked through there together. And they saw things that they'd never seen before. Here's what I'm going to tell you today. You're in a season when there's, you're going to hear so many crazy things happening out in the world and on the news and, and social media, all of that stuff. Number one, you have a choice whether or not you're going to listen and hear all that junk. But more than that, it's more important to have an ear for God and a heart for God and focus on your relationship with Him and focus on your relationship with your family. And bring your children together and train your children like Moses' mother trained him. While they're in your hands, I'm talking to moms and dads, while your children are with you, invest in them, train them, teach them. Let the word of God be inside of them. Because when you can bring your families together, then the church becomes stronger because strong churches are comprised of strong families. And strong churches is what changes our region. So we call Victoria blessed because we're going to believe that we're going to make a difference here along with other churches as well. But you see, the reason why God has blessed us is because we're the church. And it begins at home. But when we come together, there's nothing God can't do. Can we stand to our feet here together? Can we just lift up our hands? I'm encouraging you here today that recognize the importance of community. Recognize that if you do something great, it's not going to be by yourself. If you, Someone told me this one time. If you ever see a tortoise or a turtle on a fence post, it didn't get there by itself. It never got there by itself. There's always someone to help you, and you need people to help you. You need people in your life. So this is what we're going to do with you and your family together right now. For those of you watching online, we're going to pray together. We're going to agree together. We're going to pray that God would give us the, that, this, this favorable circumstance called grace. We're going to pray that God would give us the grace to live life, but not just the grace to live it, but the wisdom to apply it. 
And we're going to pray prosperity go over our lives relationally, socially, physically, materialistically. And I don't mean materialistically as if blab it and grab it and we all pray for red Corvettes. I'm saying that your God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. That your family won't be without. That you won't lack any days of your life. That we are in agreement together that we are the church. We're not just somebody. We are somebody to him. And we are going to agree and come together. So let's pray together. If it's appropriate, hold your spouse's hand. Hold your children's hand. Just family with family. Nobody else. Just family with family. If you're by yourself, that's okay. Lift up your hands to Jesus. He'll hold them. And just agree. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray today over our families. We pray today, God, over our moms and dads. We pray over our husbands and wives. We pray over our children. We pray, God, over ourselves that we would be recipients of the favor of God as you direct us to the purpose of God, that everything we do together is for your glory and for your kingdom, that we see the lost saved, that we see the hungry fed, that we see, God, those that were without, given, and blessed by us. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, bless Riverside Church and every family member here. Help us get a hold of the vision and the purpose of God. Help us grab a hold of the reason, God, for this season. Never let us overlook, God, a season. Never let us, God, pray the season to be cast away. But let us be able to climb the mountains, God, that need to be climbed. Let us be able to develop, develop spiritual strength that need to be developed. We pray today, God, use us in this hour. Use us in this hour. Prosperous in this hour, God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this right now. In your precious name we pray. And everybody say amen. 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 Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit riversidechurchtx.com.